double, double, toil and trouble, fire burn and cauldron bubble. William Shakespeare, Macbeth, Act 4, Scene 1. Welcome to the Revisionist History Podcast, where we set the historical record straight, no matter who it might offend. I'm Paul, and we're entering week seven of the stay-at-home quarantine thing. At least I think it's week seven. To be honest, I have to check my phone every day to figure out what day it actually is. As always during this time, I hope you're all staying well and staying safe, especially as we start the process of hopefully getting back to normal. I'd like to start today's episode with a question. If I say the word Salem, what's the first thing you think of? If you're a biblical scholar, you might think of the book of Genesis. If you're a horror novel fan, your first thought might be of Stephen King's book, Salem's Lot. But for most of us, the word Salem immediately conjures, pun intended, the Salem witch trials. The witch trials of 1692 are easily the most famous thing about the Massachusetts town over 320 years after the fact, but how much of what we know about them is history and how much is myth? Let's find out. The first and perhaps most prevalent myth about the Salem witch trials is that the convicted so-called witches were burned to death. This is a common misconception that even made it into the Neil Gaiman, Terry Pratchett novel, Good Omens. However, in reality, none of the witches were executed by bonfire. This might have happened if the witch scare had occurred in Quebec, which was a French colony, because in France at the time, convicted witches were burned. In England, however, witches were hanged, and Massachusetts was an English colony. In Salem, Of those convicted, 19 were hanged, one man was crushed to death under heavy stones over several days, and the rest died while in prison, waiting for their sentence to be carried out. Another myth is that it took over 250 years for the accused witches to be pardoned. While there are many cases of historical mistakes not being acknowledged for decades or longer, For example, the Southern Baptist Convention did not apologize for its support of slavery until 1995, 150 years after the denomination was founded, in large part because of that support, but this was not the case with the Salem Witch Trials. It's true that the Massachusetts state government did not apologize officially for the trials until 1957, but they didn't have to issue posthumous pardons at that time because all of those accused of witchcraft had already been pardoned in 1693, a year after the trials began. The colonial government even paid restitution to the families of the victims. Myth number three is that only women were executed. The persistent belief in this myth isn't hard to understand given that the word witch is most commonly associated with women. Male practitioners were called either warlocks or wizards, but men were indeed executed for witchcraft in Salem. Of the previously mentioned 19 hangings, five were men. 
There's also the man who was crushed under heavy stones, but he wasn't convicted of witchcraft per se. He was accused, but had refused to plead either innocent or guilty to the charges. As a result, his guilt was assumed, but there was no conviction because there was no trial. Also, interestingly, it wasn't just humans who were executed. Two dogs were also accused of witchcraft. No, seriously. It was believed that they had caused children to convulse, and thus the dogs were also killed. Our final myth is that the Salem witch trials were the result of rampant superstition in the colonial era. There is historical support that the hysteria of the whole sad episode was triggered when Abigail Williams, Betty Paris, and several other young girls began experimenting with a fortune-telling technique called the Venus Glass, and then began experiencing convulsions and claiming that invisible spirits were attacking them. But for the most part, the colonists were more likely driven by religious fervor than by superstition. Not unlike many fundamentalist Christians of today, Puritans in colonial New England took the Bible quite literally. Many things they could not explain were immediately attributed to demonic possession or witchcraft. And they also took literally the biblical passage from Exodus 22:18, Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live. However, even then not all religious leaders supported the trials. The Reverend Cotton Mather argued that, quote, spectral evidence, such as visions and spirits, could not be used in a court of law to condemn someone. Of course, he had a personal reason to take this view, as his own wife had been accused of witchcraft. So there are four myths about the Salem witch trials set straight. It was a tragic moment in our history that deserves to be remembered accurately, both to honor the memory of those who died needlessly and to ensure it never happens again. Stay well, everybody, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I hope you're finding this podcast both informative and entertaining. If you'd like to help us keep episodes like this coming, please consider clicking on the support this podcast link in the show notes. It'll help us create more content and go a long way toward making this podcast completely ad free. Thanks again.